Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Chief and Podcast. Tonight is the night for AW Double or Nothing 2022. Uh, a little over three years since AW first began. I'm joined once again with Craig Skiff. And we have 13 matches to get through, potentially. Yeah, it looks like we're going to have 13. Yeah, and we have less than an hour to get through all of them. So let's start off very quickly. Hype levels. Where are you at, Craig? I'm at eight and a half. Because I have a little apprehension with some of these ma- with the way some of these matches could go. Okay. Um, I get that I am apprehensive with a couple of matches myself. But with the in-ring quality of the matches um, in general, and particularly if certain outcomes could happen and certain people may show up, because we don't know who, what's going to happen on the day. Um, I'm going to say I'm, a, I'm at a nine. I'm at a solid nine. Like, I'm obviously apprehensive about uh, one match in particular, and we'll get to that one. Um, But I think in terms of in-ring quality and stuff, it bumps it up for a nine for me. So, And do you think it's fair to say that Double or Nothing is, in fact, the biggest show for all of the wrestling at this point? They were that or all out, and honestly, I feel this year it's probably going to be double or nothing because this is the pay-per-view for them that's going to set up next month with Forbidden Door, and you you know, the if you've watched this podcast, you know we like to do our preview predictions and stuff. I'm going to add a little incentive on this one between the two of us. Whoever wins... Gets to do the main event for Forbidden Door. Like, gets to call it. All right. Okay, since that's next month. And, you know, I you know I want to cover that as well with New Japan and AEW involvement. That's going to be really good. Um, so, let's start off with the buy-in match. Hook and Dan Housen. God damn it. Uh, versus... Tony Nace and Smart Mark Sterling. I mean, let's just call it like it is. Hook's going to choke out Sterling, get the win, and I hope that God he chokes out Housen after the match. <laughs> yeah. Hook's winning this ma- Hook and Dan Housen are winning this match with Hook choking Sterling out with Red Rob. Yeah, and, and honestly, that will be funny. <laughs> um, yeah, that, it would be pretty funny if that happens. Yeah. Okay. Got that out of the way. Kick it over to the wayside. So our main card. Um, what much do you want to start with? The one match that appears to me that has the weakest stakes is the is Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen. Okay. Uh, this match literally happened because Kyle O'Reilly. Pilmanized Sting's leg. Um, straight up Pilmanized him. 
Um, I'm going to say Darby Allen's winning because of that. It's the only reason for the match. It's very low on the, like I said, low on the order, so to speak. And Darby kind of would need the win, especially after the way he lost to Jeff Hardy in the tournament. While Kyle O'Reilly fought and got choked out. So I feel like Darby kind of needs this win a little bit more. So I'm going to go Darby. I'm going to go with Kyle O'Reilly for this match. Okay. You're expecting fish involvement? Yes. Alright. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and potentially Adam Cole before he goes off later on in the night. Okay. Um, okay, so since we're talking about the Unspeed Elite, let's just continue on. Next match, Hardys versus the Young Bucks. Last time they had a match was in 2000... 17. 2017. Ladder War for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships that the Young Bucks won. At Supercard of Honor 12, which I watched live. That was actually a really fun match. Um, and, and the funny thing is, win-loss record between the two teams, one and one. So you can't, you can't really, you have to really toss a coin here for this one, really, because the Hardys beat the Bucks in their first match. And then the Bucks won the latter war. Um, it's been a few years. The Bucks have gotten better. Obviously, the Hardys have the nostalgia. And Jeff just started in AEW, so I feel like they kind of want to make sure the, the, the Hardys get a bit of a run before they, you know, call them off and then they get their, you know, spot where they should be. Um, I'm going to go, despite that, I'm going to go Young Bucks. Interesting. Yeah. That'll come into play later. <laughs> I am actually going to go with the Hardy Boys here. Because it seems to me on TV that they want... They're projecting this narrative of Matt and Jeff proving that they are the absolute best tag team in wrestling history. Yeah. And they feel that the final step to doing that is to capture the AEW Tag Team Championships. And, and that's I'm fair. I'm going to go with the Hardys for this match. Okay. Like, do you expect the Hardys to get a title shot by All Light? I'm going to say maybe Fight for the Fallen in July. Okay. Is when they're going to get their shot. Okay. I am I'm actually gonna go the long right with the Hardys. I'm not gonna see them anywhere near the titles until maybe full gear. Like I'm gonna hold off on them a bit. Uh which is why I have feel like the Bucks win and if they do get a rematch, it'll probably be all light with a ridiculous stipulation, maybe get ladders involved and then you get the Hardy win. You know what I mean? 
But for me, I'm going to go Bucks. You've gone Hardy. So we're different on two already. Uh, Which is match. great. No, we, we agreed on the pre-show. I was say we've, we've already disagreed twice already, which is great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so our next match. The six-man hmm. tag. Which one? <laughs> House of Black versus Death Triangle. This is one of the matches I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> oh, you've got six incredible workers in there. Yes. And the reason I put in this match and this match ahead of the other one is because the second one's got some pretty big stakes. Uh, yeah, it has it has a step. <laughs> so I'm just gonna say it. we're in Vegas. What's the one thing you don't do in Vegas? You don't bet against the house. I'm going House of Black. As he, as the old saying goes, in Las Vegas, the house always wins. Yeah, you Give don't the house bet against of... him. I am actually going to go Death Triangle here because remember at Revolution, yeah, it was Pac, Penta, and Eric Redbeard versus the House of Black. Yeah. I think they want to paint this as Ray Phoenix being the difference maker. Okay. I'm going to go Death Triangle here. Okay. I'm just going to stick with House of Black because part of me feels like Phoenix could be that difference maker. But the problem is, looking at the way the team is for Death Triangle, you got Penta, who is a high flyer and a striker, so he mixes well with Buddy and Malachi. You, You got Phoenix, you know, being high flyer, you know, doesn't really work well with Brody King and the same with Pac. So Brody's kind of like the, the odd man out here. And I feel like that's the difference. And I think that's fair. Especially with how they've built Brody King recently. You know what I mean? So that's that's my reason for House of Black. If they don't win, that's okay. But to me, I feel like they need the win to establish the team really. And then they move on, hopefully, to Blackpool Combat Club or, you know, hell, hell, interact with the Super Click or something else. You know what I mean? Like, really have them infect AEW. Um, and especially with Forbidden Door, I'm just going to throw it out here. House of Black, House of Torture... That would be interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it would be very interesting. Yeah. But we have our differing opinions. And, and that's fair. Um, so, is there any of our matches that don't have steps left? Nope. Okay. Uh... <laughs> So now we get into our stipulation matches before our title matches. Let's go straight in for the over six, man. <laughs> yep. American top team consisting of Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Paige Van Zant versus Sammy Guevara, Frankie Gazaria, and Ty Conti in a six-person mixed tag team match. And the stipulation here is if American top team wins this match, 
neither Sammy Guevara nor Frankie Kazarian can challenge for the TNT Championship as long as Scorpio Sky holds the belt. Yeah. I have two questions. I have one man question to ask you, Craig. Who's really the heel? Because I can tell the only babyface in this whole thing is Frankie Kazarian. But who's really the heel? <laughs> um, but I, I'm just going to say this. I get why there's the step. I get why everyone hates this feud. I don't like it either. But what did Kazarian say after losing the Scorpio? He wanted another shot, but more importantly, he wanted it in Los Angeles on Wednesday. And if he gets the win, particularly if he pins Scorpio, you kind of have to give him that shot in L.A., right? I would probably say so. So I'm going to go Kazarian... Sammy tie with Kazarian pinning Scorpio after the match. Sammy hits, um, Sammy hits Kazarian with the title and takes it. So then we have a freeway at LA, and we can finally end this thing. <laughs> Give me American Top Team for this one. You're going for it because of the Patreon sound, right? It's her, it's her, a, it's essentially her wrestling debut. Yeah. And it's at double or nothing on the main card. Yeah. Why pin a loss on her this early? Well, I'm not, at least with my booking, she's not the one getting pinned. But it would still count as a loss right. for her, though. Yeah. Yeah, true. Like, you could, I mean, it's, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I mean, Dan Lambert could fuck this whole thing up. I mean, I don't know, um, but but yeah, I'm going. I'm going with you're going to American Top Team. I'm going with Kazarian, Sammy, and Ty, and I'm hoping to God Kazarian gets the pin so that we can finally, so he can get that title shot in L.A. and we can properly end this with a title match rather than a mixed tag because we need something for Paige. Because <laughs> um, this is what it feels like. Um, so our next stipulation match, MJF Wardlow, isn't it? Yep. If Wardlow wins, he's granted and released from his contract with MJF. And if he loses, he cannot sign with AEW at all. Exactly. Yeah. So in other words, when he gets his freedom, lose he is still under uh, still under service of MJF. It's like I, ironically enough, if I actually get right saying it, it is what I pitched last time we did when we did Revolution. Free your servitude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, there is the rumors going around about MJF and all of this, especially this weekend. Uh, I'm just gonna act like the match is still going to happen. In which case, Wardlow wins. <laughs> that's it. That guy. That's all I can say. Powerball I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking Wardlow in a fucking squash. 
Okay. Like, I'm thinking Powerbomb Symphony maybe thinks about pinning him and then remembers all the years he's been doing this dirty work. And maybe instead of doing a Powerbomb Symphony, casually a war knee strike to the face instead. Like, take him out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. John Spears probably going to get involved, and honestly, I I hope he does like the the whole thing, like going for the church shot at rebounds and hits himself in the face, because that'll be hilarious. But yeah, um, yeah, Wardlow, it's no way around, does it? Um, so do we have our title matches now, or do we have another step? Let me count one. Because there's a lot of matches. That's my monster. Two, three, four, five. We have three more matches to go through before we get to our title matches. Yeah, our okay. next step is our Anarchy in the Arena match. The Jericho Appreciation Society. Consisting of Chris Jericho, Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, Danny Garcia, and Jake Hager versus Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, and the Blackpool Combat Club. Consisting of Brian Danielson and John Moxley. I'm surprised you actually you actually said the names of the whatever 2.0 are called. My like I. As soon as I heard those names, I'm like, who the fuck are they? I just call them Goomba number one and two. Um, but, uh, here's the thing by Anarchy in the Arena. It's in the title. There's no rules. And if it can happen within these ten men, there is a awkward thing about this match, which is Brian Danielson. He had the, he had the spell. And he's favoring his ankle or his knee a little bit, but it's not, you know, problematic for him so far. But that could that could end up escalating into a full blown injury in this match. You know what I mean? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, that's the worry. And despite what some people would be thinking. Because Joker Appreciation Society, it's the new super faction or group, whatever. I don't give a flying fuck. I'm going Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, Daniels, and Moxley on instinct. Because you cannot have Bright and Powerful lose a pay-per-view match, especially if they're on the tag title hunt, which is what they want to do. You can't have Daniels and Moxley lose on pay-per-view. Especially when you're trying to get Blackpool Combat Club, you know, off the ground. And Kingston already beat Jericho in the last pay-per-view. So, Kingston is the most pinnable guy for that group. But I doubt with the fans with the fans rallying behind Kingston that he loses here. You know what I mean? I kind of feel the same way. Give me the baby faces for this one. Yeah, Jericho's group can go fuck themselves. And also, I personally, Jericho likes to call himself a wizard. I'm just going to say this. Kingston fireballed the fuck out of his hair. <laughs> Seriously, it'll be funny. And he'll literally end up act looking like 
the guy from Little Nicky going, and yes, my hair is a flame. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, what's our for steps then? Oh, we have Dr. Britt Baker DMD versus Ruby Soho in the Women's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Final. Yeah, the Owen tournaments. Um, uh, I'm ripping the Band-Aid off. I'm going Britt Baker. I just saw the countdown, the Double or Nothing segment with Britain the Ruby. women. Yeah. I feel like Ruby has to win. According to I, that. I think Ruby has to win here. Yeah. But I'm ripping the bandit off because part of me feels like despite all of that, I've seen video packages where they build up Ruby and they build up every other challenger Brits had over the past year this way. And it didn't fucking happen. So I'm expecting the worst outcome, hoping for it for it not to happen. But I'm headed to my bets here, Britt Baker. I'm gonna go Ruby Soho. Okay. Just the gut feeling. Alright. Now, the other Owen, Owen final is very cut and dry. Adam Colson or Joe. I'm 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 going I think we're getting a par couple here. I'm going Adam Cole. There is too much going on with Joe. Especially with Lethal, Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt. And oh, I actually forgot to mention Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh are barred from ringside for this for that final. Okay, that's one thing. But you still got Bobby Fish, you still got Red Drag, you still got Cutler Riley, you still got the Young Bucks, you still got Cutler. And who's to say some Bullet Club chicanery could happen, could not happen as well. I mean, that could. I'm going to go out and call here for those reasonings, because... We've we've seen it before when you when we all think Adam Cole's finally going to get what's coming to him. Next thing you know, Jay White comes out and helps him, or the Bucks help him out, or it's Red Dragon. There's always something, and Adam's not won on pay per view yet, and that's a telling thing. You know what I mean? And I doubt that. In his first full year in AEW, that they're going to have him not win a pay per view. Get what I mean? That's the thing that's selling You got a real fair point, man. Yeah. I'm probably going to go Adam Cole as well. Yeah. And as much as I love Samoa Joe, and I do. He's Ring of Honor TV champion. I highly doubt that he's going to win on pay-per-view for AEW while being the Ring of Honor TV title when we haven't got Ring of Honor properly relaunched yet. Yeah, that's like, That's just my gripes as well. So Playing at CF, but I can see why you would go Joe. But um, I'm, going, I'm going Adam Cole as well. Yeah. Um, All right. 
Right. Title We're matches. We're down to our four title matches, from least important to the most important. Go. Okay, uh, that would be the A. No, I'm only joking. TBS title. <laughs> um, Jay Cargill, Lana Jay. This is the second time they're facing each other for the title. Uh, I'm expecting this to go very similar to the way the first match went. The only difference is Jesus got back up with the form of Red Velvet and Kira Hogan. Nope. Not in this match. Kira Hogan, Red Velvet, Chris Statlander, and Ruby Soho are barred from ringside. Okay. Uh, I didn't know about that. Sterling's still going to be out there, right? Actually, he might not if he's been choked out. So, yeah, she's going to be on her own. Jada's gun so over so confident. Almost way too overconfident for me. Fuck it. Anna J wins the title. I think I don't see it. Out. I don't see it happening. I'm picking Jay to retain her title. Uh, I mean this is the thing because we saw it with like Jay's last defense with Marina Shafir. She has problems with people that use submissions and submission finishers. And her first proper problem was Anna Jay with the Queen's Slayer. You get what I mean? Like, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, Jade at this point, she should have a corner, but if she's overconfident, if she's too arrogant, probably could get herself caught, and that might pull the upset. And a lot of people wouldn't expect that. Uh, hence why I'm going for the upset. I know it's probably a mistake, but I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on it. I'm a J. Um, so our next match, let's go. AW Women's Title. Yep, Thunder Rosa defends the AW Women's Championship against Serena Deep. This is probably out of the title matches, the third most. Important one, but the third one I'm more excited about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, because these two women can go in the ring. They can go. And the one thing I'm so annoyed that they haven't brought up yet in their in their whole program, and they should have. The last time Serena faced Rosso for a title, Serena walked out with the belt. She walked out with the NWA World Women's Championship, didn't she? Yes. And that's something AEW failed to, re- you know, remind people about. And I'm going to go Rosa for that reasoning. Uh, but uh, the thing Serena said, though, in the build up to this, it makes you want to go for Serena, too. But I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with Rosa. I feel like they know what they're doing with Rosa. Just give her time. You know what I mean? I'm going to take Thunder Rosa as well. It's yeah. way too soon to take the title off of her. Yeah. Way too soon. Yeah. After she won the belt in her hometown, in her adopted hometown of San Antonio. Yeah. Um, so our next match is AW Tag Titles. 
Jurassic Express defend against Team Taz, consisting of Ricky Starks, the FTW champ, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Against Swerve in Our Glory, the team of Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. This is tough. <laughs> so, do I go with my gut or do I go with my heart? Because my gut tells me Champs Retain. My heart tells me Keith and Swerve. I'm gonna go Keith and Swerve because I uh, because in the back of my mind, no one realizing Jungle Boy hasn't won a match in a since Revolution, really. And Christian is getting more and more frustrated that he hasn't won, in particular, losing. I'm gonna say Keith pins Jungle Boy, and. As soon as they drop the towels, Christian's turning on Jungle Boy. And that's when we get a heel Christian. What about you? My head tells me Jurassic Express retains. Okay. My gut is telling me Swerve in Our Glory is going to get the win. I'm going to go with my fucking gut. I'm going Swerve in Our Glory. Okay, so we're both... Swerve pins Jungle Boy with the JML driver. Okay, so you're thinking JML, I'm thinking Spirit Bomb. (laughs) Wouldn't it be Um, Ground Zero? No, the Power Bomb Spirit Bomb. Oh. Um, especially with the double team finishes, spare bomb with the stomp. <laughs> that will end. Um, okay. And I think, are we both in agreement? Christian's gonna. This, this, tonight, I think tonight, not night that he turns. To pull the trigger on that, and then we get Christian and Jungle Boy at all out, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Um, Alrighty, we've only got one match left on this card. It is our double or nothing main event. Hangman Adam Page defends the AEW World Championship against a man who has his first world title match in nearly 10 years. See... M. Punk. Yeah. This is tough. Both men give a really, really strong argument to win the title or keep it. I've looked at my current predictions and see where I've went. And I'm still torn. Let me just do something here. 
Uh, okay. I just flipped a coin. <laughs> I'm not joking. Uh, it landed on... Like, the way I flip coins usually, particularly for title matches, heads, champion, tails, challenger. I flipped it twice. It, they landed on tails both times. I'm going punk winning the title. I'm going with Punk winning the title. Ah, oh, that's a risk. There's a good reasoning behind my re- my reasoning for my Punk one, though. Because I've got Adam Cole winning the Owen. We've just got past Adam Cole and, you know, Adam Cole and Hangman Page. So, I doubt we're going to go back to that if Hangman won. But, CM Punk wins the title. Hangman, like, him and Cole would be a very fresh feud. And it would be a very fun one to watch on weekly TV. But with Hangman's whole thing, you know, with like his doubt and he always like hits himself harder than anyone else when he. I think, I think he, he needs this now. Like, like a loss to Punk would really set him off, but it would be something like a humbling thing for him. You know what I mean? On the other side of things, if Punk wins, here's what I would want to see happen in the post match. Punk offers the handshake again. Hangman swats it away or flips him off, whatever. And then when Hangman turns around, Punk hits him in the back of the head with the title, turns heel, and goes to town on him. And then, because there is one thing that Mr. Punker really wants, and... AEW are unable to give him that yet. But let's say he turns heel, does the beatdown, wins the title. And then we hear the money drop. And Okada makes the save. And we get Okada, Punk, Forbidden Door. AEW champ. Against potentially IWGP World Champ. <sighs> that is enticing to you to think about, isn't it? It is. But I'm going the opposite way. You're going Champ Routine. Okay. I think Hangman hey, Adam Page is going to retain the AEW World Championship. I am seeing a very interesting story being played out. Yeah, but Punk. No, with Hangman here. As the AEW World Champion, essentially, all of Hangman's defenses have been against ex-WWE guys. Brian Danielson twice. Yeah. Adam Cole twice. Adam Cole twice. Archer. Phil Brooks. CM Punk the, tonight. Archer. Yeah. Most yeah, of them have been ex WWE guys. 
Yeah, but there is an interesting thing about punk that I think you've overlooked as well. Which is the people punk's been feuding with like for the past six months have all been people that have flat out said that they hate punk for certain reasons. Eddie Kingston, MJF, and now Hangman. I think there's something more going on to that. And it would be interesting if Punk wins the title and the fans cheer for it only for him to turn right afterwards and then we find out that the real CM Punk is literally like the type of person that Kingston and Hangman have been talking about. You know what I mean? Here's how I think I could see it play down. Play out. I think... Hangman Page retains. Okay. But after the match, Punk attacks him from behind. And potential heel turn. Yes. Okay, so we're both going to see him both about the heel turn happening with Punk. Just, you're thinking Hangman retains, which sets him off. I'm thinking Punk wins the title, Hangman disrespects him. And that sets him off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But in the way I see it, also, if Hangman retains, there is another man who would be right in line with the story that I'm thinking with XWE guys. Malachi. You know who it is? Malachi. Not Malachi Black just yet. Really? I think that one's safe for all out. There's one guy in the in the immediate future. You're forgetting about the man who sits at number two in the men's singles rankings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I doubt that they're going to have Moxley Hangman on TV or Forbidden Door. I'm I think- thinking. I'm thinking that match is likely going to be on a special Dynamite episode. Okay. And Moxley and Hangman have never had a match against each other. Period. This is yeah. a, this would be a first time ever. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. If Hangman does retain, I would want to see that match. But not straight away. I would hold off on that a little bit more. Like... For me, if Hangman retains, I think the next logical step, especially with him doubting his, de- you know, his demons and stuff, which is what his challengers recently have been trying to do. Malachi's the Angola, though. You know what I mean? And if he gets through all of that, then maybe we do the Moxley match. But for me, I feel like with Punk, you can, especially if he turns heel, you can do something interesting with it. And you can run back Hangman Punk for All Out. You know, with the with the challenger champion dynamic flipped. But if Punk holds on from it, you could, you know, go into a program with you know, Eddie Kingston again, or you could go into 
Like, if you're looking for baby faces that are there for the world title at the moment, I mean, who's to say Keith Lee versus, um, you know, like have Keith Lee deal with like Adam Cole and the and the elite, you know, especially with the tag belts. And who's to say like a match between CM Punk and Darby Allen or CM Punk and, uh, you know, it, how even because it's after the Scorpio feud, and I doubt that they're going to keep him heel, you know, afterwards, Sammy Guevara CM Punk would be interesting. Because it's a complete another, you know, culture clash. Get what I mean? There are so many directions AEW can take both of these guys. Yeah, and the only way to find out is by watching the watching the paper and see what they're gonna do. Yeah, the only way you're gonna be able to get tell what's going on, watch the product. Yeah, and by watch the product, what I mean is dynamite, elevation, dark to an extent, but not really dark. But it sounds like dynamite, elevation, rampage would be your go to. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, yeah, and there is actually something I didn't think about during the House of Black match. Know what it was? What? So, you know Malachi had the whole thing with Julia a couple of weeks ago? Oh. She is not with the Varsity Blondes anymore. No, she's not. Nope. Hasn't accompanied him in the last couple of weeks. And it makes me go, because I'm going back to the video package for this, like with Malachi. Malachi considers Pac to be the hangman, considers Griff Garrison as a foal, and he kind of is. Considers Pullman Jr. a knight. Considers Julia the priestess. And and Penta as the hermit. Yes. What would Phoenix fall under <laughs> in terms of the tarot cards? Because to me, Phoenix would kind of be, in a way, maybe Fortune. You know what I mean? Like, if he, if it w- pays off for them, he's probably the symbol of Fortune, like the Fortune Arcana. Or it could be the Tower and, like, it's they're practically fucked. Um, but what's interesting about Malachi is he likes to use tarot cards and stuff that symbolize his targets. What if the AEW World Champion is the Emperor? Because the Emperor Khan is meant to be like a symbol of strength and power. And that's and what really more, that world title is. Who's in a more powerful position than the, the AEW World Champion. Yeah. Uh, it's just something I can't of thinking about. And again, like going towards that Malachi pro- promo, Buddy Matthews is listed in his mind when it comes to the tarot cards as judgment because his executioner. Yeah, well, yeah, as judgment mainly because. The crowd manifested an executioner to get go after Malachi. That was a symbol of judgment, 
the only thing was, it wasn't a judgment or an executioner against him. It was something for him. Exactly. And I love that he's using the tarot cards and stuff because it's a nice little added thing and you don't get that in wrestling, really. No, you don't. And you actually have to pay attention to what the card readings are in order to figure out where people would fall under. And I'm just going to say it because we've been saying it for a while. Julia Hart, as part of the House of Black, would make sense, especially with what's happened with her. And I'm just going to throw this out there. If Julia goes on a major run, especially with House of Black with her, I could see I could see her being the one to dethrone Thunder. Especially if they heavily focus with the House of Black stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I could see that in the long run. Um, but yeah, I think that's our preview predictions. We differ on a lot this pay-per-view. I think we only agreed on one, two, three. I think we only agreed on four. <laughs> four. I think we actually agreed on five. Yeah, five out of thirteen. So on the main five show, out five out of twelve. Oh, five out of twelve. So five out of twelve on the main card. I'm not counting the thirteen show. all over all together. So we're probably halfway. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's I, a great thing that we can differ so much as long as we can give a logical reason for it. Yes. Yes. Especially and especially because you understand my thought process, I understand yours. It's constructive. I can see your point of view, and you can see mine. It's nice that you clarified that the things I was thinking about, like outside interferences and stuff, have been banned, so stuff like that wouldn't happen. But again, when you look at Adam Cole, it's like, yeah, Santa C, Sanjay J Lethal, they're banned, but. The Bucks aren't. Red Dragon aren't. Who's to say someone's Bullet Club's not going to show up? You know what I mean? Like, there is ways to still have the interference. Yeah. And also, Adam Cole is one of the sneakiest, you know, mother effers in AEW. Like, he can pull something. Um, But yeah, I think that's our preview predictions locked. Uh, sorry, locked up. And hope you enjoyed our little discussion um uh and yeah next time we're going to be doing this be aw and new japan pro wrestling's forbidden door pay-per-view next month june 26th from the united center in chicago illinois yeah and we're likely gonna preview it the day before if we can Actually, I feel like we can do that because again, I won't be working that weekend. So, oh yeah, so yeah, we 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 probably could and will. The reason why we had to wait this late, mainly because of time problems and Champions League final was last night, so there was no chance of me getting this done then. And I didn't know if we were going to do it tonight, so just had to make sure my 
you know, I had, I'm available to do it so I can take a bit of a break and then get back up and fresh for when Double or Nothing starts, which I think is at 7 p.m., isn't it, when the main pay-per-view starts? Pre-show begins at 7 p.m. Eastern. Okay. The main so Double or Nothing card becomes, starts at, at 8 Eastern. Yeah, so realistically, you and me are probably going to be watching it around 7.30 because that's when the pre-show match will start. Because it did say 7.30 for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I <laughs> just want to make sure. So, uh, yeah. I hope you enjoyed this uh, video, you know, going for double and nothing. Like I said, I think after all this, I'm still at 9. What about you? I'm still 8.5. Okay, eight point five, and I'm at nine. I won't lie if when I'm what I suggested about Mad Fury of Okada shows up, if someone from New Japan shows up, that nine is gonna jump up to a ten. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Because for Vendors next month, I have to pull something. Dude, I think there's a perfect perfect guy. Go After Anarchy in the Arena, Tana ha- Tana Hashi call out Moxley. Yeah, yeah. That's like, the match that's been that's been on a slow burn for almost three fucking years at this point. Yes, and you've really won at that match. <laughs> um, but but the thing is, out of anyone I have heard, the only thing I have heard rumor about from New Japan that might be in Vegas is Okada. And Okada doesn't have anything really until Dominion. So that is likely to happen. Because he's not booked for the Super Junior Finals. I don't think he was booked for it. Because it was Bullet Club mainly... With the exceptions of like Osprey and like, is Tanahashi booked for the BOSJ finals? Tana, I think so. I think so. But let, let me let me let me check. But the BOSJ finals is until Friday, so Tana could show up and then still make it in time to do that. But I don't think Okada was booked for that. And if so, I mean, he has nothing to Dominion, so he could easily show up. Also, the well, right, all... well, right, well, right now, there's no matches set up for the yeah, USJ final. They did make an announcement about the Gaijins and like the people, the heavyweights going to be on that car show. And it was heavily Bullet Club related. Um, from what I remember, it was heavily Bullet Club related, and Osprey was booked for it. Jeff Cobb was booked for it, but obviously, with Osprey right now, that's up in the air because got a kidney infection. <laughs> um, but but yeah, from what I'm he- from what I saw, like it is possible, but I did not see Okada on that list. And that surprised me because you know Okada's the Japan guy. Well, for the if you want to know for the New Japan Strong Ignition tapings, yeah, 
Tanahashi will be there. Well, yeah, well, I'm not surprised by that. Tana is going to be a part of Strong for foreseeable future for now. So, yeah. Um, what if he's been in the U.S. this entire time? He has. And he's showing show us up tonight. I mean, that would be crazy. I mean, Tanahashi has been part of the U.S. the entire time because of the Super Junior Tournament and everything. Last time he was in Japan was before was uh, Dantake. Last time he was in Japan was Dantake. Yeah. So, um, uh, it's possible. Like, I will admit, Tanahashi is possible. Okada is possible. Hell, I mean, if you really want to mindfuck everyone, what if Kota Ibushi just decides to show up? And it's literally like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Especially with all everything happening with Ibushi. Um, but yeah, like I said, hope you enjoyed this. We're rambling a bit too long here. Um, and yeah, next time will be next month. AW New Japan Pro Wrestling's Forbidden Door. Breathing predictions by then. And then... After that, we'll be all out. AEW all out. Saturday, yeah. Sunday, September 4th. Yeah. Where that's going to be, we have no fucking idea because the Sears Center were, you know, uh, sorry, were because the, the arena usually is for all out is going to be used for Forbidden Door. So we have no idea. Um, no, it's not. Forbidden Door is going to be in the United Center in Chicago. Yeah. But now but arena... In suburban Chicago is the one for all out. Yeah, but I thought they're going to do Chicago in two mo- like twice. Like that's the thing. Like I thought they're going to do that for all out, so it's probably going to be somewhere else. We'll find out tonight. Yeah, during the pay per view. Yeah, and it's like I said, September fourth, same night as a WWE pay per view in the UK. Dude, <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna say that. No, no, not bringing it up. That is insane, and I shouldn't think that. Don't <laughs> go there. Um, because if it does, if that ends up happening, I will literally be going fuck you. <laughs> you, you know what I was thinking. I'm not even saying it. Um, but yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this and yeah, see you guys next month for Forbidden Door Preview Predictions.